There's a report today about uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX technology, and apparently uh, Russia is purchasing those Starlink terminals now. Let's uh, get more on that and the rest of the Ukraine news from Joseph Lindsley. Joe, uh, hello. What's going on today? Hey, Bob, good afternoon from Kiev. It's calm here. At the moment, although uh, not long ago, maybe an hour ago, we had reports of explosions near Odessa in the south. And uh, several points today about Elon Musk and SpaceX. Uh, so the, the start, there, there have been reports in the past 24 hours that Russians have been using uh, Elon's Starlink satellites uh, you know, to have Internet access in the field uh, in order to coordinate strikes and gather intel. And this is notable because there was a point uh, last year when it seemed that Ukrainians were using or intending to use Starlinks uh, to launch attacks on the, uh, the Ukrainian peninsula of Crimea, which has been occupied by the Russians since 2014. And Crimea is a peninsula in the Black Sea. It's very strategically important. Uh, it has really Russia's largest naval base uh, and key air bases. And it's from Crimea that Russia routinely attacks uh, attacks Ukraine. And Elon Musk said he did not want Starlink to be used uh, for Ukrainians to hit Crimea because that would be in the, the magical word es- an escalation. And, and it's a similar policy that we all actually we see from the White House. The White House has still refused uh, to give Ukraine uh, explicit permission to hit targets in Crimea. Ukraine has used weapons from the United Kingdom uh, and some other countries uh, very successfully uh, to hit Russian assets in Crimea. And as we've talked about, in fact, you know, they, they made it uh, Crimea untenable for the Russian Navy. Much, much of the Russian Navy had to move to a, a port on mainland Russia. And so Crimea is incredibly important in this. You know, many people believe that until Crimea is freed from Ru- the Russian grip, uh, there will always be a threat uh, to Ukraine from Russia. And so it's notable that Elon said, OK, Ukrainians can't use Starlink to attack Crimea. But when Russians are on Ukrainian soil, uh, you know, so- soil they have invaded since 2022, uh, they seem to be able to use it. And perhaps this is not a surprise, uh, because as I realized last night on X slash Twitter, uh, there was, uh, there, there's this live audio chat feature called Spaces. I mean, Elon Musk, space, Elon, space and X are his, uh, his big themes and everything he has is named in the same way. So this live audio chat last night is called Space on X. And it included Elon Musk, Vivek Ramaswamy, former presidential candidate, and three United States senators, uh, J.D. Vance from Ohio, uh, and uh, Mike Lee from Utah, and Johnson, I think, from North Dakota. And I, I listened. I, I wish I could have spoken on there. You know, it's supposed to be a very democratic thing, but so many people were listening. And the way they spoke about Ukraine, you know, you have three United States senators the, the U.S. Senate was designed by the Founding Fathers. They have six-year terms so that they're not susceptible to demagoguery and the people, and they have time to study and to get things right. Uh, that's why the Constitution gives the Senate uh, power over foreign affairs. The House does not have that power. Uh, they sort of expected sort of demagogic stupidity from the House, but the Senate is supposed to be, you know, it's the elder, it's a senior institution of our government. And to listen to those three senators speak about Ukraine you know, okay, fine if you don't agree and you have some ideological difference and you don't want to support Ukraine, but to, to speak in the way they spoke with, with, with total regard for what's happening. For example, uh, J.D. Vance said, the senator from Ohio, 
also he was a guy who his book became that famous movie Hill, hillbilly elegy uh which sort of launched his political career and he said in this conversation with elon and the other senators uh he spoke about how extraordinarily stressed the defense industrial base is in a country and that is patently untrue right now because as we saw in the uh, last year in 2023 it was the best year ever for sales of U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. defense products, weapons and ammunition. Uh, the best year ever. It's extraordinary. Uh, and so it, you can't. And so a lot of this money in the Ukraine packages, as we've discussed, you know, doesn't come to Ukraine. It goes to replenish the U.S. U.S. stockpile. It's probably money that we would have spent uh, anyway, even if there was no war here right now. Uh, but they put it all in the Ukraine bill. And, and so, actually, defense industry is, in, is thriving. Uh, it's not extraordinarily stressed. And, and one key example of it is the United States gave Ukraine only 24 of the HIMARS, these high-mobility rocket launchers. Uh, in two years, Ukraine's received about 24. They made a huge difference. Uh, they prevented Bakhmut from falling in a matter of weeks. Instead, it was almost a year. Uh, and it was an extraordinary difference, but only 24. And because those HIMARS are so effective, the country of Poland, which is smaller than Ukraine and not at war, is buying 486 HIMARS from the U.S. in a $10 billion deal. So it's the best free sample. You know, it's like you give someone a cookie and they buy the bakery. Uh, it, it was extraordinary. And, and this is somehow missed or ignored uh, by United States senators is, is truly uh, it, it's, it's disturbing and shocking. And moreover, we even sold... Uh, F-16s to Argentina last year. Uh, so so the, our, our defense business is flourishing, and, and Ukraine is actually helping by, you know, the world, so much of the world is now scared. Europe is scared that if the war could come to them, uh, so they're arming themselves. Uh, and the longer this goes on, uh, you know, the war, Russia's war in Ukraine, the more people are afraid, the more people will buy more weapons. And so perhaps this is part uh, part of the strategy. And then the last part, which is very sad that they missed, which I saw especially when I was at that uh, conference in Kiev, here in Kiev last week, the uh, Kiev uh, International Cyber Resilience Forum. There is so much amazing stuff happening here when it comes to developing defense technology because Ukrainians have no choice. They have to innovate and sort of MacGyver with the tools that they have, uh, you know, taking a $500 drone and, and doing things that uh, actually make the U.S. defense industry pretty jealous because the things that Ukrainians can do with a $500 drone, U.S. defense industry might sell for $50,000. Uh, and so there's incredible innovation here happening that actually is making America stronger. Uh, and so even if they don't want to support Ukraine, it's a shame that they miss these clear facts, uh, the clear, just absolutely clear facts. Joseph, while all of this is uh, fresh in your mind, I think you should get to work immediately on an editorial and send it to the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and while you're at it, the Chicago Tribune and the Sun-Times, because you, you make some great points. And I, I will be thinking about your phrase all day today, demagogic stupidity. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. Well, I, I don't think it was too editorial, because the Founding Fathers actually, you know, they knew that the House, being closer to the people, uh, would be less intelligent. Uh, they thought it would, the Senate was supposed to be the cooling saucer of democracy. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it doesn't seem that way right now. But maybe I should write something for the Chicago Trib or, or the Sun-Times, uh, given the fact that Chicago does care about these things. And uh, you know, another uh, piece of misinformation uh, uh, that was in that conversation last night 
uh, on X, uh, David Sachs, who's uh, uh, an entrepreneur and investor. Uh, he also is from South Africa, like Elon Musk, and uh, well-respected entrepreneur. And he kept saying, quoting uh, what Putin said to Tucker Carlson, uh, that uh, this could have been ended in, in uh, the spring of 2022, except for one person. Allegedly, they say Boris Johnson uh, encouraged Ukraine uh, not to negotiate. And th- th- this, the R- Russia started saying this, and now it's quoted as gospel. Hmm. Uh, there's no evidence of that. And moreover, if you look at everything Putin has, has said, going back to an essay he wrote in the summer of 2021, to every speech he's given about Ukraine, to his interview with Tucker, he doesn't believe Ukraine exists. He wants Ukraine gone. Uh, and, 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 and his big, you know, his biggest beef with Ukraine uh, in recent times is the revolution of 2014, when they said, you cannot control us. And, and so any thought that, that you could negotiate, you know, what would be the terms of such a negotiation? And, uh, and so and then especially now, two years into this, as we've seen, you know, the hellfire that Russia pours on Ukrainian cities. I mean, they've already erased a number of cities. Uh, so all of that gets missed. Uh, but it, it's just not true that that the only reason Ukraine didn't negotiate was because Boris Johnson happened to say, don't do it. Uh, there's no evidence for that whatsoever. Joseph Lindsley in Ukraine. Thanks for enlightening us again, Joe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Bob. Until tomorrow.